Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight. I am excited for our show today. Uh, Today, I have someone on who I met last week and was just really impressed with what he had to say. Uh, As many of you know, I run the Speakers Coalition. I help connect speakers with stages, stages with speakers. And... um, Carson, actually, uh, we we connected on Facebook, and uh, he is a rancher and has learned lessons over his life and is teaching people lessons from from the ranch. Became an entrepreneur at 19, still lives in uh, central Utah in a a very... not densely populated, undensely, I don't know how to say that, very sparsely populated area uh, with his family. And I thought what he had to say was so interesting. I invited him on the show today. He is uh, making a splash on Facebook and I think on YouTube too. Is that right, Carson, with your videos? I sure hope so. (laughs) Well, you are. I was really impressed with the amounts of views that you've gotten. I think people just really connect and love to hear what you have to say. So I wanted to bring you on today. And you know what, Carson, you are a great example of somebody who says, you know what, I have something to share with the world. I may live in the middle of nowhere, but you know what, due to technology and all these amazing things, I am going to reach people, and you are, and uh, making a huge difference. And here we are, you're on my radio show. So the very first thing that I always like to do is give people permission to brag a little bit about themselves. So, uh, of course, I have your bio here. I don't like to read that on the show, but uh, why don't you uh, brag about some of your accomplishments here for just a minute? Well, this ought to be interesting (laughs) because I'm not real great at at bragging. But, you know, I started, like you say, I started, I grew up on a ranch my whole life. My family, we farm sheep. We ranch sheep here in central Utah. Um, They run about 4,500 head of sheep. We raise turkeys, horses, all of the above. You know, and just growing up on the ranch, I learned a lot of things. And as, you know, as we grow up and we get strong, we learn how to work hard. And those are things that, you know, don't go away. And then as I got older, you know, I saw, I saw that there's a world outside the, outside the ranch. You know, there's a lot of people who don't get the opportunity to see how this works. And they don't, they don't necessarily understand the old way of life, the things that were, you know, back to our base roots, really. And so as I, as I got older, 18, 19 years old, I kind of got out into the world a little bit more, and I just started a few small businesses. You know, I built custom knives for a while. I actually went to school to be a diesel mechanic at one point. I went to uh, uh, the national diesel competition for the college students and placed in the top 10 in the country. I, you know, I kept doing things like that, and then in 2014, I started another business, and uh, that's kind of what I'm still doing today. I am actually a silversmith. I build a lot of custom horse bridles, belt buckles, those kind of things. And early on this year, you know, I just started into, you know, I've always had a real gift with getting along with people and being able to connect with people and to network and to, you know, make friends that way and really connect with people at a base level. And so, you know, I it's funny, I heard... I, I really love Gary Vaynerchuk, and early this year he said something. He says, you know what, find what it is you're good at. Don't focus on the things you're not good at, but find the thing that you are good at and double down on that. And so that's really what I've been doing. The thing that I'm really the best at is connecting and sharing messages with people. And so I've really been 
diving into that pretty heavy lately. Well, I really like that. And I think there's a lot of uh, lessons that we can learn from that and take out of that. But I want to go back a little bit to your to your childhood and to get to where you are today. Uh, you gave us a brief overview of, a, of some of the, the things that you've learned or your, throughout your life. But when did you first feel like you had a greater message to share for people or feel like, you know, these lessons that you've learned throughout your life were experiences that others could benefit from? You know, I'll I'll honestly never forget it as long as I live. I'm from a small town. We have about 2,500 people, maybe more than that now. I don't know. We have one stoplight. Maybe 2,502. You finally got your first stoplight, and it's those two people. Yeah, 2,502. We, we did. Just, just, what, five or six years ago, we got our first stoplight, actually. Good job. I, I still remember when uh, my, my town where, you know, and I just moved to Phoenix, which is a lot bigger, but the town where I lived for the past 15 years, I still remember when they uh, when they put in the Maverick, and yes, they called it the Maverick. It was the <laughs> event of the decade. Everybody went to Maverick. Like, you'd see everybody in the town there getting ice cream. So uh, we did have one stoplight in our town, so it was slightly bigger, but I can totally relate to that. But but tell us your experience. So so I was we're from a small town, and we went to the big city, you know, we went to Salt Lake, and we were riding. I was going to a basketball game up there to watch the Utah Jazz play, and we were riding on the tracks train, and I think I was 11 or 12 years old, somewhere right in there. And uh, we sat down, I was with a friend and his parents and stuff, and they were kind of sitting across the aisle, and I ended up sitting across from a lady. She was probably in her mid-20s, 25, 30, mm-hmm. and I just started talking to the lady. like, And the people that I was with were absolutely enamored that I could sit there and hold a conversation with a 25, 30-year-old lady and just talk about everything, talk about how she was doing. And they mentioned it to my parents later, and I didn't. I really didn't think any of it, anything of it at the time, you know, and I was just doing what I do. And it stuck with me for my for my whole life, basically. So when you were that young, being able to hold a conversation with an older adult, uh, I mean, what what if you could articulate that, what did that teach you exactly? You know, it, that's, it was mainly just a conversation about her. I just, I asked her questions, and I just talked about her life, because she seemed pretty upset. I still remember now, she seemed pretty upset at the time, you know, and being 11, 12 years old, you really have no idea what adults go through you know you think your life's pretty tough and you get stuck in the rut where you're at and you get seeing only the things you can see at the time and I could tell that something was wrong you know and so I just sat and I talked with her and I talked with her and it was probably a good 15-20 minute conversation as we rode the train so you have that gift for being able to help people and uplift them, and you recognize that at a very young age. I think that's a, you know such a great thing that you were able to recognize that and that you've gone on to be able to say, hey, I want to do this on a greater scale. I want to be able to reach a lot of people. So what was life like? I mean, you, you're teaching people now lessons from, from the farm and... And or the ranch. I don't know if I'm. It, it, can I say farm? Either one. Okay, uh, but uh, you know, we'll we'll get into some of those lessons here in the next segment. But I want to know what life was like growing up on a ranch. Oh, it doesn't it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a hard. I mean, it's a hard life. There's a lot of people who who grow up and they're pretty beaten, battered. But you know, we we start young. You know, I remember missing school at eight or nine years old to drive tractor all day, you know, your dad would call in and say, hey, can you get Carson excused or Drew excused from school? 
because they've got a they've got a plow the field today or whatever it may have been, you know. And I remember missing school and spending days out with my grandpa, you know, herding sheep and moving sheep and going to the sheep camps and making sure all the herders had everything that they needed and taking care of the horses, you know. And then lambing season comes around and you've got to take care of the lambs and you got to get the lambs on the ground and take care of them. And it, it it's a strenuous life, but it it's great. I mean, it's back to our roots of where we come from and where we've all, where we all should be, you know, learning a few of those simpler truths that, you know, life doesn't come from a store and that everything, you can't buy happiness. You've kind of got to make it yourself. Well, you know, I know a lot of kids these days, if you, if you told them, you know, hey, you get them to school, they'd like that. But, but uh, I mean, obviously you were working and it does sound like a lot of work. So why did you love it so much? You know, it was just instilled from us at a young age that work is, you know, life. That's what you do, you know. And when I got married, my wife was like, well, Saturdays and the weekends, you know, or days off and after six or, you know, work is off because her dad worked a, a nine-to-five job. And so in the evenings, they had time to spend time as a family. On the weekends, there was no work. But for us, it was always a 24-hour-a-day thing. I mean, it's seven days a week. No matter what happens, the sheriff calls and the sheep are out on the highway, you know, at one in the morning. It's, it never ends, but yet it never seemed like we were really working, you know. It just seemed like that was the way that life was, and that's what you do is work. Well, it sounds like you were together with your family for that, too. So, yep. I mean, you were spending family time. I can see, you know, a nine-to-five job where the, you know, the mom or the dad's gone all day and you just want to spend time with the kids at night. I can see, you know, that way of life. But really for you, I mean, this was a family affair. You got to spend time with your, your brothers, your sisters, your parents. Now, do you have any sisters? I know you mentioned a brother. Yeah. Yeah, I have two older brothers and two younger sisters. Okay, so you're you're a middle child too. Okay, yeah. I think our guest last uh-huh. week was a middle child. It's something, something about these middle child reaching the reaching the world. So, um, yeah, exactly. Well, great. Well, that's uh, you know that's nice to to hear how you grew up, uh, what you ended up doing. What do you think working so hard, even from a young age? What did that really teach you? You know, what it taught me is if you want something, you've got to work for it. Mm-hmm. In my family, you know, my grandpa, he started at a at a very young age. His family didn't have much. You know, just down the road from our farm, you'll see his old house. It's just an old two-room house where they the kids had to go outside and crawl up into the loft even in the wintertime. And he used to tell us about when they'd wake up in the summer with, or in the winter with snow on their blankets, you know. And then he started the business, you know, my grandpa's sheep ranch. He started it when he was 14, 15 years old with him and one of his brothers. And he's grown it, you know, into a, I would say, multi-million dollar enterprise over the years. Wow. You know, come from absolutely nothing. And, and that just proved to me, you know, no matter where you come from, no matter what you have, if you have a dream, if you know what you want, you can accomplish it no matter what, but it all stems through working hard. Well, I think that's something that's really missed today. And, you know, what I see so much in the industry that I'm in and even in other industries around me is that people want to be successful with putting very little work in. They're looking for the easy way out. They're looking for that big win, for that one opportunity that they really don't have to work very hard for. And, you know, I think, uh, first of all, you know, occasionally that happens. Occasionally somebody gets a big break without working hard or occasionally something falls into somebody's lap. But you know what? I've also learned that if that does happen in the rare opportunity that does happen or instance that that does happen, 
that it's not very appreciated by the person who's the recipient of that because they didn't work hard for it. So, but but here's a question for you though, Carson. I mean, there's that saying, you know, work smarter, not harder. So we know that working hard for something is good. You learn that when you're little, but where's the balance between working harder and working smarter? Wow, that is an excellent question because I ask myself that on a constant basis. You know, my dad always used to get mad at me when I was younger because I would try to find easier ways to do the (laughs) the work that we had to do. And and that's not bad, is it? I mean, if you're getting the work done, you're finding an easier way. That's good, right? Except for when you deal with ranchers because the way that it, it is is the way that it's always been. And don't try to change that or else the world might come tumbling down sometimes. But... That's that's the mentality that I really had to overcome, and that's one I struggle with even today. You know, where do I find where do I find that balance between am I working hard or am I trying to get out of it? You know, am I trying to get out of hard work by being smarter? And there's such a fine balance between the two of them. Yeah, and it is just a such it, and it's an individual thing that everybody's kind of got to find because one person's hustle. You know, that's a word that's thrown around pretty liberally today the word hustle you know one person's hustle another person will look at him and say you work like three hours a day and post twice (laughs) on facebook that's great yeah yeah no i mean you know growing up he said hey i was really working or on call to work 24 7 and man three three four hours a day it sounds good to me yeah exactly let me sign me up for that gig (laughs) exactly well Okay, so I'm going to shift directions here just just a little bit before we go to break because I think this is so interesting. So one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot, and, and just as I talk to you, I, I just love talking to you. I don't I don't know. Uh, I, hopefully our listeners are enjoying this as much as I am, but it's so refreshing to talk with you. And this was the conversation we had on the phone the other day, but sometimes I just have to sit back and uh, I'm just overcome with gratitude for the opportunities that we have through technology today to reach a lot of people. I mean, you are there in a town of 2,500. You're on Voice America, which reaches people worldwide. You're sharing your message. When did you very first say, hey, I want to go bigger than small town? I mean, I may still live in a small town, but I want to reach more people. When was when was the, that aha moment or breakthrough for you? You know, I've always thought, I've always had something in my intuition always told me that I was meant for something a little bigger, you know, but I love it here. That's that's what's so hard. I love it in this small town so much. But with the rise of social media, I don't have to leave. And it was earlier on this year, I think about July, you know, I just said, you know what? I'm finally going to do it. Like I've I've been going to do it, but now I'm really going to do it. I'm going to go all in and I'm just going to start putting content out there. And if people like it, they like it. If not, I'm a better person for it. Yeah, I but like it was that. about July of this year when my first video really took off that I knew that that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah, well, you know, when we come back from break, I actually uh, want to find out what your secrets or what your tips are because what is your what is your most viewed video? How much? How many vi- uh, views have you gotten on Facebook? Um, the one it was nine hundred and sixty thousand. I mean, we're right close to a million. I hope it breaks a million at some point. That was kind of the goal. With okay, it. well, maybe we'll uh, tell everybody how to access that video, and we can all help you break a million. Because I know for me, I've been doing this for a long time, Carson, and none of my videos have nine hundred and however many thousand views. So I know I'm going to be taking notes on this um, because I I think that you really stumbled across something and have a huge gift for that. Um, and what you, I mean, I think the content's 
great. Um, you know, I think you have a definitely a unique way. But um, when we come back, we're going to definitely find out how you were able to do that. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the content of that video, that video that's almost broken a million views. You know, that video was kind of a tender one. I, it was one I woke up I woke up in the middle of the night with, and that one kind of came to me. A lady, a lady had made a comment on a, on a picture that I'd posted of some friends that were working some cows, and they were branding the calves, and some people may find that a little rough, but that's how ranchers keep track of their livestock. You know, it's like writing your name on your paper. You know, that, that's how they keep track of their livestock and their livelihood. You know, it's like yeah. licensing your car, basically. And that's, that's just part of, I mean, that's part of the life. And I posted this picture online, and it was a very well-taken picture that another friend of mine had taken. And it was, I was like, oh, this is really neat. Well, this lady comes on there, and she says, you know, what is wrong with you people abusing animals and doing all this? And you farmers and ranchers don't know how to take care of land. You don't know how to manage animals. And it really struck a chord with me. And, and on that one, I kind of went on a small tangent and said, you know what? We go through a lot, and we deal with a lot to feed people that we don't even know. And that was that's really the basis of that whole video. And it, it, it was pretty sentimental, and it was really close to my heart. Well, I love that. It, so before we go to break here, I've got one final question for you, Carson. And then when we come yeah. back, I want to know all your secrets on how you got that many views. But um, do you believe that that, uh, you know, and I, I'm a religious person. I believe in divine inspiration. Do you believe that that? thought um, that you had in the middle of the night, do you think that that was divinely inspired? Yes, I really, I really do. You know, whether, whether people, I'm a religious man as well, and you know, whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever it may be, they, it speaks to us, you know, God speaks to us. And I truly believe that that was from him, because that's really what got me hooked, and that's really what jump-started this whole thing and made it to where I believed that I could continue, that it was worth my time. Yeah, I think God speaks to us and through us. Thank you for being on the show today, Carson. More coming up soon with Carson Jorgensen, a rancher turned speaker from the middle of nowhere, Utah. I'm loving this conversation. We're going to find out how he got almost a million views on Facebook with one of his video posts coming up next. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Change starts here. 
Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm here with Carson Jorgensen. Privileged to have you, Carson. Uh, if you're just joining us, Carson's a rancher turned speaker. In fact, he was just telling me he's going to go haul sheep to the desert here in about an hour. So I'm glad you took the time to uh, to be on the show today. I'm really enjoying this conversation. And Carson, what is so amazing to me is that you had this idea in the middle of the night. You, you kind of told us it was inspired by a post that you made and a comment somebody made on that post. Uh, you decided to put that on Facebook. You have almost a million views on Facebook and you're a rancher in the middle of nowhere in Utah. And I'm just thinking, wow, you know, anytime that someone has an experience like that, that's super successful, I think there's some golden nuggets that I can take. I know that there's people out there listening to the show that, that feel the same way that you felt, that feel the same way that I felt like, you know, gosh, we have this message that's bigger than ourselves. We have something to share with the world and, and just this earning and this desire to share it with the world. So I want to know, how did you reach that many people? What are your what are your uh, tips for Facebook posts or for videos or for reaching more people, specifically uh, that one that you did? You know, that's, you know, I've thought, I've thought back on that a ton. And, you know, the, the main thing that I've boiled it down to is, first, you've got to be authentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's got to come from you. It can't be a fabricated message. You know, this goes, this goes back, we might be jumping ahead here, but this goes back to a lesson that I learned, you know, from working with horses and breaking young horses. You know, horses are better judges of character than people are. You know, and I've learned more from dealing with horses than I have with deal, about dealing with people than I have from people dealing with people. And that's because horses show things externally. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you do something that upsets a horse, it'll let you know through a physical sign. You know, people not so much. It'll be more, mm-hmm. of, a, more of a mental thing, you know. And I've realized that you've got to be genuine. You've got to be authentic. And that, that, that first and foremost has got to be there. The second one mm-hmm. is it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, a lot of people, especially me, I probably shot that video at least 50 times. <laughs> it doesn't have to, because it's never going to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. never going to be completely perfect, and it's a work in progress. It's always going to be a work in progress, but there's got to be a point when you have to say that's good enough, mm-hmm. because you'll keep going and going, you'll drive yourself crazy, and then you'll never post it. Well, you know, I have this uh, rule of thumb. And, and first of all, I want to go back to your first point about being authentic and genuine, uh, you know, in the horses. There's this quote by Emerson I just uh, heard on a show last night, and, I, you know, I was going to look it up on my phone, and I realized I'm on Facebook Live, so I can't really do that. But, uh, you know, it's talking about how your genuine action will speak more about your genuine actions than anything else. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, you're right. I think that horses are good judges of character, uh, because they can really sense, you know, your genuine actions. They don't have words to, to get in the way. Um, right. But, you know, this, the second thing is about, you know, to redoing videos on Facebook. You know, I do a lot of videos on Facebook. I do TV. I do radio. And 
I went through a mentoring course a while ago, and I am totally a perfectionist, or at least a recovering perfectionist, I like to say. Um, but I would do the same thing as you. I'd reshoot videos over and over and over again. And finally, someone said to me, they said, okay, you've got to adhere to the three-take rule. You give yourself three takes, you know, and you either take the first, the second, or the third take. And I found that when I started doing that, I was much more genuine and um, much more, you know, I would think more ahead of time. And just like you said, it's people don't really want to work with perfect people or they might not relate to perfect people. So it's okay not to be perfect on there. So I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. So tip number one is be authentic. Tip number two is, uh, how would you how would you articulate that? Just don't worry it about being perfect? It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> okay. does not have to be perfect. So, I mean, these may seem like simple tips, but really take these to heart and write these down if you're listening and you want to reach more people. I mean, uh, Facebook, uh, social media, YouTube, everything. These are great resources to reach more people. So uh, what are your other secrets, Carson? The next one for me was you really, you've got to get over the fear of what someone's going to say. Because that one, there was a lot of engagement on that video, a lot of negative and positive engagement from across the world. There really was. But the thing that boils down to is you've got to be confident enough in yourself that no matter what anybody says, you know that was the message that you were meant to deliver that you wanted to deliver, and now you've got to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's true. And, you know, there's uh, something, I know you said you were religious before I'm religious, and maybe it's, you know, if you're listening, maybe it's God, maybe it's the universe, whoever your higher power is. You know, there's something that I learned a long time ago. When you are concerned more about what you feel like God wants you to do than you feel like what men want you to do, that's when you really are successful. Um, so I agree with you, getting rid of that fear of judgment or what people are going to say with you and just delivering the message. Now, before break, you said you really felt like this message was divinely inspired, like it was something that you uh, needed to share with the world. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I did. And that's, and that's why I really couldn't hold back with it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, here, here's another thing that I'm noticing, too. Maybe maybe you were going to mention this later, maybe not. But, you know, uh, it's the controversy. And really, I, I have a, a mentor and a friend who says oftentimes, you know, take the most controversial, you know, uh, stand on your issue or whatever you're thinking. And sometimes people are afraid of controversy. They think, well, you know, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to cause any contention. I just want to please everybody. But the fact of the matter is, is that if there's something that, you know, you feel like you want to share with the world and it's controversial, first of all, it's going to get more attention. Second of all, it's really going to inspire people to think about how they feel and what they think. And, and you know, even though you got some negative comments and you maybe had some people that disagreed with what you said, I bet you still inspired them to really think, what are my convictions? What are my beliefs? And, um, and, and inspired that in them. Do you agree? I agree. You know, uh, the old saying, seek, seek first to understand and then be understood. You know, you've, mm-hmm. and another wise person once told me, if you want to argue with somebody, you've got to know their side and be able to argue their side better than you argue your own. That's good. And that's, that's for me is a big deal too, you know, because you've really got to seek to understand, you know, you, you're not always going to be right. There's going to be a time when you might be wrong, and, but you've got to open your eyes and be willing to say, you know what? I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So, Carson, here's here's a question for you. You've gotten all these views on this video. You're reaching more people. What now? 
just keep putting out content. Mm-hmm. That's that's really my plan. You know, I just I hope to be able to keep putting out small bits of content. You know, something for everybody for their day. You know, I try to do at least one, usually two a week. You know, they take a little bit of time, and I'm working full time at my silversmith job, and I work at the ranch. You know, most of the time as well. You know, and between it all, I'll shoot videos and go to editing them. And I just want to keep putting out content, and eventually, I want to grow where I can speak to people at live events and I would mm-hmm. you know some a buddy of mine called me the cowboy Tony Robbins the other day <laughs> and I thought you know what that's pretty funny but it's kind of true that's really mm-hmm. where I want to end up well, I love it and you know I, I really appreciate that you brought up consistency I think so often people get a big break or they'll have something huge happen and they get all these views on Facebook or all these views on YouTube and they have all this attention and then they're like oh it's great and then nothing you know they aren't consistent they don't do anything with it so I like that you're doing something with it. I actually had a friend who uh, I, I haven't asked his permission so I'm going to be a little ambiguous here but he was on the cover of uh People magazine and was actually featured on the Today Show and things for an accomplishment that he had in his life. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you are just going to be so incredible. And I can't wait to see what you do with all this. He did nothing with it. He did nothing. He said, well, that was a fun one-time thing. It was great. I got in spotlight for a bit. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know what you could do and teach people on social media? People are hungry for this information. And if you've had this accomplishment in your life, now, you know, people want to know what you did to get there and you could have been so successful and it just uh, you know and I even mentioned some things to him but you really can't force people to do things but uh, you know if you do have that big break or even if you haven't had that big break yet maybe it comes through consistency and just consistently posting and yeah we're all busy but uh, be consistent with that so I, I really appreciate that you brought that up Carson and so, you've got to and, and that's another mm-hmm. thing you've really got to capitalize on attention you know we're talking about kind yeah. of marketing things I love here, how you said that hold on capitalize on attention I, I, yeah. I, I just wanted to say that phrase again because I think that's a powerful phrase and, and it's not I mean, some people may hear that and think, oh, my gosh, that's so vain or that's so, you know, egotistical. But um, go on with your thoughts, because I think you're going to explain why it's not. (laughs) Once you get the ball rolling, that's the thing. Usually the hardest thing is to get the ball rolling, you know. And this this is what's funny. Another another lesson from the farm, and it comes from starting young horses, you know. Once you get a horse started, the key is consistency. Mm. Once you, once you start and once you get their attention, once you have them, once you're on their back riding them, you've got to stay consistent on top of that because if you do, momentum dies. And once you lose it, it's really hard to gain it back. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with, I mean, marketing, whether it's you're marketing yourself or a product or anything else like that. Once you have momentum, you've got to keep that momentum rolling because if you let it die, it's really difficult to get it started again. Yeah, I, I agree. I was just talking with a, a lady I work with with the Speakers Coalition this morning. She she said, you know, I felt like I had to take a break from doing personal mentoring to spend time with my family, and now I'm just starting it up again. She's like, I'm starting from ground zero. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to get things rolling again. And, you know, for her, that was the right choice and things, but it, it just reiterated your point, um, you know. So if you've got, if you worked hard to get something rolling, keep it going. Yeah, so, and you you will get a big break if you put out enough content, and if you do enough things, I guarantee your break will come. You know, and and one thing too, you know, you said that this message, and I, I want to bring this out a little bit. Um, this is something I feel inspired to talk about. Uh, but you you talk about uh, feeling like this this message that you have was divinely inspired. 
I think some of the greatest messages or posts, and I agree on my Facebook page, have been in those moments where I've just felt so inspired to share something. It's been authentic. It's been from my heart and my soul. And, you know, we say, you know, God speaks to us. Well, He speaks through us. And it's been my prayer to be an instrument in His hands. But what do you do if you feel like you have a bigger message or you feel like, you know, you have experiences, and I'm, I mean you collectively, um, and you really feel like you want to be that instrument and have God or the universe speak through you to people, what are the steps that you did, Carson, or what do you recommend that somebody can do to really prepare for that? That's, you know, I, my wife, it drives her nuts, but I wake up at, I wake up in the morning every morning at about five o'clock, whether, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's just me or what it is, that's just what I do. And I read yeah. and I understand. And I, for me, I have to be able to know what I'm talking about before I talk about it. Cause I don't want to open my mouth and make myself a fool. And yeah. so the things that I, that I talk about and the things that I really study are usually the things that I end up iterating and the things that end up coming, coming out. And so first I'll, First of all is for me gain knowledge. You've got to you've got to have that knowledge so that you can share it. And for me the next one is you've got to open your mouth, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to speak, to be able to do anything to share your message, you've got to just be willing to say, you know what? This makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I I definitely agree. I definitely agree and some of the most successful people that I know in business and in life in general they adhere to getting up early. And I like what you said about knowledge. I heard recently a quote that says, you know, you are the sum total of the things that you watch, the things you listen to and the things that you read. And yeah. that really struck me thinking, you know, what am I doing to fill my brain with knowledge? I've been reading a great book called The Timekeeper uh, recently and really appreciated that. I've uh, been reading Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Had a, um, a friend recommend those books to me, and I really have been enjoying those and have been missing that knowledge gained from reading or the things that make me really think. So, a uh, great Yeah, and if you're looking up. for another one, mm-hmm. I, think, I think you pronounce her name Brenny. Brenny Brown, the book's called Daring Greatly. It's oh, yeah. kind of a feminine book, but I have enjoyed that book probably more than any other book that I've read. Yeah, so Brene Brown, Daring yep. Greatly. Yeah. Yep. I, I really like a lot of Brene Brown's quotes. I'm definitely going to take that to heart. And, uh, and, it's uh, great. And, and, and on that note, you know, to go into that a little bit more, you've really got to trust yourself. You know, you mm-hmm. touched on it just a little bit there. But that, you've got to dive into your intuition. You've got to be able to go with your gut feeling, you know, and be able to trust yourself. And knowing yourself is so important. And, like, if I can get one message across to anybody else, it's know yourself. You know, you've got to know who you truly are. Deep down inside, when the chips fall as they may, you have got to know who you are. And, and that, and you've got to be able to count on yourself, you know, and that's, like I say, that's another lesson I learned growing up. You know, you sometimes you don't have the, any other options. You've just got to trust you. Yeah. Well, and, and I think knowing your uh, purpose, knowing what you stand for, that all goes into part of trusting yourself. When you did that Facebook post that got almost a million views and you had some people that totally agreed with you and some people that totally disagreed with you, the people that disagreed with you didn't let that chip away at your self-esteem. I mean, anybody who's very successful, and I've, I've learned this, and this was really hard for me to learn, but when you get more into the spotlight, when you reach more people, you are going to have people that don't like you or don't like what you have to say. I Always. mean, it, yes. And I 
I hate that. I'll tell you right now, I do not like the fact that there are some people out there that don't like me or that don't like what I have to say or, you know, have made mean comments. I mean, that just hurts my heart because I think, you know, what? I'm just trying to do good. I'm just trying to help the world here. But um, what I've learned is that if you are confident in yourself, like you're saying, if you do know who you are and what you stand for, those people that disagree with you, it's not going to hurt you. Um, you can honor their opinion and respect them, but uh, you can still know who you are and not let that affect you. And that's the big thing, too. You've got to respect them because the second you step down to their level and start to argue with them, you mm-hmm. instantly lose credibility, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you can say, you know what, you're entitled to your opinion and I appreciate your input. Yeah. Uh, I I completely agree. Well, Carson, when we come back from this next break, I want to really dive into some of these lessons that you've learned from the farm. You've been able to sprinkle them throughout our conversation today. But to kind of wrap this segment up, is there any other final thoughts that you have? Um, You obviously did a post. It reached a million people. Um, You've been wildly successful on Facebook. You're now looking to open up your speaking career. Is there any final thoughts, tips, or advice you give to anybody who's wanting to reach more people through social media you know that there is one more thing and it would be you know professionalism in your video you've got to make the audio decent you know you say Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect but people have got to be able to hear you that's true you know (laughs) the quality of the video has got to be decent Mm -hmm. phones nowadays are usually good enough you know and another thing just along the technical lines here i found that subtitles are really great as well if you add subtitles into your videos sometimes it's a little bit difficult but the way that facebook auto plays now mm-hmm. you know a lot of times they're played without volume you know and people are scrolling through at work or at school and they want to watch the video but they can't hear it yeah. so they skip by it but mm-hmm. if you want to really grab their attention, throw some subtitles in there so they can watch it without volume. I love that. You know, and somebody brought that up the other day, and it's pretty easy to do on Facebook. But adding the subtitles, just making sure you have a good microphone. You can get those little mics for your, uh, you know, even your iPhones or your or your Samsungs, whatever kind of phone you have now. So great, great tips, great points. When we come back, we're going to learn more lessons from the farm with Carson Jorgensen. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you feel shackled to your business? Do you feel that there is no room for anything else, like a personal life, family, fun? Did you know that there is another way? Listen for The Unshackled Life with hosts Aaron Scott Young and Michelle Pearson Young. They'll discuss what helps your business work better for you so that you get to have a life. Aaron Young has been starting and running companies for over 30 years. It's time for you to finally have the time, money, and freedom that you've always wanted. The Unshackled Life, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. 
This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. Today, uh, direct from the ranch, we have Carson Jorgensen. And uh, Carson, you've given us some great tips about how to really make the most of those Facebook videos to reach more people. It's incredible that you have almost a million views. I'm sure if someone Googled Carson Jorgensen um, or looked up on Facebook, they'd probably find your video. But how can, how can somebody find that video? You know, uh, you can just... On my Facebook page there, it's a public figure page. It's Carson Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. That's probably the easiest way to find it. Great, great. So, uh, And that's another tip, too, you know, creating that public figure page, uh, being able to share content through that as well. So, um, Yeah, it gives you a few more options and features than just your standard yeah. Facebook page does. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Carson, let's get into some of these lessons from the farm. I've loved hearing your lessons sprinkled throughout this uh, broadcast so far, but uh, give us the top three lessons that you've learned growing up that you uh, are teaching people from uh, Facebook, uh, hopefully soon from the stage. Yeah, you bet. No, the, the first biggest one, and I've touched on it a few times, is I spend a lot of time with horses. I always have, even from when I was a little kid. I just had this yearning to be with the horses all the time and i i've just grown up loving them and i i get along really well with horses i get i'm you know i'm not a professional trainer by any means but i do pretty well with them and you know some of the biggest lessons i've learned in my life are from them you know especially about myself and things that i do and little things that i need to change you know when you're starting a young horse is going back to that you know you always want to be encouraging you always want to create a positive atmosphere and a place where they feel safe and comfortable you know there's there's times when you've got to get after them that's for sure mm-hmm. but you need to you know you've got to reinforce once you get after them you've got to reinforce it with love on the other end and it's a, it's the same with people you know the first step has always got to be forward when you're breaking a young horse you don't ever want them to move away from you you want them to move towards you you want it to be an open and safe atmosphere you know i see bosses and ceos of big companies all of the time i see them you know they don't create an atmosphere where people feel comfortable and then yeah. people make mistakes and then they try to cover up the mistakes because they don't want to get in trouble and it just creates a unhealthy atmosphere and that's you know really how i associate it if you keep everything out in the open create a positive atmosphere and make it so there is open dialogue between you and whoever you're with or with a horse that's that's what's important because then you can understand each other and everybody can be on the same page well i think this is important you you know you brought up ceos and i definitely have known companies where the ceos you know they're available in his desk employees can come in and talk to him you know he goes around and there are some that just totally make themselves inaccessible. And uh, it, it always seems to me like I'd want to work in an environment where, you know, there was a boss there that I could go in and talk to and and um, approach. So I like that. But, you know, I think this goes into parenting as well. Uh, if oh, you big think, time. If you and think I'm, about it. I'm the same way. You know, some of the best things I've learned and some of the greatest things that I've had, I've been, you know, when I was growing up, we used to, I used to go and eat lunch with the guys who tend to our sheep, you know, with mm-hmm. the guys that work for us. 
and that that was always an enjoyable experience for me. They appreciate it. I appreciate it. We go eat their food in their camp, you know, mm-hmm. and it was always just fun, you know. And they they really appreciate you coming into their world, really, when they work for you, but yet you still can be open with them and kind and we can all be on the same page you know because a lot of times we get caught up in I'm the boss and you work for me so you do what I say and I kind of see it differently it's like they do a lot of stuff that I really wouldn't want to do you know they they spend their time doing jobs that I don't want to do so I should be appreciative and I should be grateful to them and take as good a care of them as I would expect them to treat me that's that's so true, um, you know. And in, in getting into parenting too, I think that there are some parents that maybe are more approachable than other parents. That kids feel like they can talk to them, and some that feel like if they talk to their parents, they're just going to get in trouble, so they don't talk to them. So, you know, I think this goes over to many areas uh, of life. So, lesson number one down. I think I totally agree with you. Uh, I think that's a valuable lesson to learn. Be approachable. Uh, make sure that somebody can come and uh, come towards you. Really, you create a safe environment where somebody can come and talk to you. It's not like you're always going and talking to them or hounding them or, um, you know, bugging them. What's that called? Nagging. <laughs> it's Nagging. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a place where people can come and talk to you. So uh, what's lesson number two? Lesson number two, I, you know, thinking about it, I would probably say I learned that one from the dogs. You know, we raised a lot of border collies, a lot of sheep dogs. And I learned, you know, if you want somebody to really work hard for you, you've got to be kind to them. You know, and, and the other one would be, you know, why do everybody loves dogs? There's, you know, there's not a ton of people who hate dogs. And, and why is it that everybody loves dogs? It's because dogs love us equally. Yeah. You know, the dog, you come home and the dog's always usually the first one to greet you at the door and they're happy to see you. That's why people love dogs, you know. And so if you're that way with people, if you're kind, if you're open, you're always happy to see them interested in what, what's going on in their life. Man, people are really going to flock to you. Yeah. You know, that that brings up a good point. I, I remember in high school, I, I guess I had, uh, it's not a very good term for it, but resting, not so pretty face. I don't know. I don't know how to, resting yeah, grumpy yeah, yeah. face. We'll I call it that. It. Um, anyway, but I, I would walk through the halls of high school. I wasn't upset. I wasn't disappointed. I just wasn't smiling. And people would come up to me all the time and say, Allison, what's wrong? Are you mad? Are you upset? And I, no, I'm just walking. So before my senior year of high school, I remember setting this goal that I was just going to smile when I walked around. And that uh, made such a huge difference. I, I felt like I had a good year of high school that year. I felt like people were more friendly to me. I felt like people were happy to see me. And um, and I've really just taken that on with me throughout the rest of my life. And just when I see somebody, I just smile. Sometimes I'll just walk down the street and smile. And I know. Kindness is reciprocated. It is. It and is. And so is a smile, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I try to do this sometimes, you know. I focus, even when I walk through, I don't know who said it, but I heard it sometime. Mm-hmm. It's like when you walk through a door, just stand up straight and smile, no matter if anybody's mm-hmm. there or not. And it will teach you, you know, to think about it, to be conscious about your posture and smiling. And it's so important. Yeah, well, I definitely need to work on my posture, but like, oh, I like too. that. Walking Morning. through the door, stand up straight and smile. And, you know, this idea of being happy to see people, I think that that's so great, too. I know it just makes my day. If somebody sees me and they just are smiling or excited, this last event that I did, I, I invited these little girls, and I would met them at an event that I'd been speaking on earlier in the month, and they were like my little cheerleading section before I got got up on stage. I was off on the wing ready to go up, and they were sitting there in the, the, the chairs 
and they one little girl just said, you'll do a great job. And that meant the world to me and I got to know them. So I invited them to an, another event that I did. And I remember when they walked in the room and I was standing there, they just, two of the little girls, just biggest smiles on their face, Allison! And they ran towards me and gave me this big hug like I was this rock star. And it just made my day. And I thought, wow, the power of someone being happy to see you is so, so potent. I mean, in a good way. Um, it, and it just has the ability to really make someone's day. And how often do I see my kids or the people I work with and just give them a big smile and a hug and just say, you know what, I'm so glad to see you. Um, uh, you know, and, and like you said, with the dog, I mean, what makes you happier than to walk in and have your dog so happy to see you? I mean, it just makes you feel like to somebody or something, you are special and you're the most important thing in the world. So, um, and that's it like for that. sure, you know, and that's the other thing I learned from the dogs, you know, is, is your attention, you know, people, mm-hmm. when you're with your dog, their attention is with you, you know, mm-hmm. they're present, they're there, and they want to be around you, like, yeah. that. that's where they're at, they're with you, and that is why they get along with people so well. Yeah, well, and people want to be with people that want to be around them. <laughs> so, exactly. I, I like and that. no better example is that than our dog. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like no matter what, they just love you. Uh, great, great lessons, Carson. What's lesson number three? Lesson number three, I would say, honestly stems from my grandpa. And excuse mm-hmm. me if I get a little emotional, because I really, I really care for my grandpa. He's been there for me my entire life. You know, he's he's been my biggest advocate most of the time and he's been my biggest example and everybody you know he's such a such a great man and i've studied him you know and i've watched him all these years and i think the biggest thing you know he's taught me so many lessons from working hard and persevering to taking chances to calculated risks you know and how to manage money how to spend your time how to be kind to others and that you know my grandpa's been my biggest my biggest example and I I love him deeply. He's eighty eighty two years old and he still comes to work every single day. He still wow. goes to the ranch and he still works hard. And for me that he's been my biggest idol, my biggest fan. He's he's always just been there for me, you know. My parents are the same way and my wife and my kids are the same way. But he's been he for some reason him him and I have just got along so well for my entire life and He's just had so many examples, you know, and just never giving up. You know, he'd get himself into some tight pinches, you know. But he always, he never said, he's, he would always tell me that there's always a way out. You know, mm-hmm. you can make it, make a choice and then make it right. And he would always say, you know what, no matter where you get, you've just got to make a decision and go with it. And mm-hmm. be honest to people and deals are done on a handshake. And that was important to me. Wow. Well, you know, and that's something that we've really lost today is that the deal's done on a handshake, um, you know, which is sad. It, it really, really is. But, um, you know, I'd like to think that you can trust people. And, you know, sometimes I think maybe it's that people have greater intentions and they have capacities. But um, I think even more than that, deal done on a handshake, I think, is a way of saying, you know, follow through on your word. And one of the things when I went from a small town in Idaho and started doing more business in bigger markets, uh, you know, um, L.A., Hollywood, uh, you know, Chicago, these bigger markets, one thing that I learned was the really successful people were people who 
were able to follow through on their word. They did what they said they were going to do. And part of that lesson is is just doing, you know, meaning to do what you say you're going to do and following right. through on it. And the other part is learning what you're capable of doing um, and what you have, what you are in control of and what you aren't in control of, not making promises for other people, um, not, uh, you know, over-promising and under-delivering. Um, yeah, but, and yeah, my grandpa tells point. a story. It's kind of along the same lines. You know, he some guys contracted with him to buy a bunch of lambs to feed out and to yeah. sell to the, to the butchers, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, it was a $600,000 deal, and this was in the 70s, I believe. Yeah. And so that, that was a lot of money back then, and they contracted right. with him to go buy all these lambs, and then they would send them to the feedlot. And so he was just rounding them up for this company. So he went out to all of his friends and all of his, you know, neighbors and who raised sheep and, and all the people he knew and contracted and gathered up, I think it was 50,000 head of sheep. Mm-hmm. Well, right before they were to purchase them, all the company that he was buying for them backed out. Mm, wow. And so he went himself and borrowed the money and bought all the and paid all those people because he told them that was his word and he shook their hand and he said whether I had the money or not I had to buy those and he ended up making really great money off of them and did really well but that was the thing how easy it would have been to make a phone call and say you know what these guys backed out on me I don't have I don't have the money you know I would love to do it but I don't but instead he took it upon himself and it was his word and his bond and he said I shook their hand and looked them in the eye and said I want these sheep and so he went and borrowed the money himself, took it on his shoulders, and took a giant risk, but still maintained his word. And that, for me, has been a beacon my entire life. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I, I think uh, what you're saying is, is very important. And I think it also makes me think, you know, what lessons am I teaching or leaving for my posterity? Grandpa obviously started this business, grew it up, you know, uh, from the ground up. Now it's a multi-million dollar business. And, um, and uh, you know, great example of what hard work can do. Carson, unfortunately, it's almost time for our show to end. I'm having such a great time talking with you. But I wanted to give you the opportunity. Uh, what's the one thing that you want to leave our viewers with or our listeners with? If there's one thing uh, that they got out of the show today, what would it be? You know, I think for me it would be to know yourself. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to be you, no matter what anybody says. It's okay to be you. You need to be confident in who you are and know yourself and know your limits and know what you want from your life. You know, you've got to find you've got to find that line between finding yourself and being confident. You know, you've got to I call it divine discontent. You've got to realize when that discontent is divine. You know, if God wants to move you somewhere, he will. If things aren't going your way, it's maybe because God has something different in mind, you know, and it's okay to be discontent. You've got to find the line between being content and never settling, you know, there's there's a fine balance between mm-hmm. everything. And I think for me, that is the biggest thing you've got to find. Find where you're happy, find exactly what you want, and be there. Thank you so much, Carson Jorgensen. Check him out on Facebook. He's a public figure uh, making a huge splash in the social media world, rancher turned speaker. Hopefully, we'll be hearing you on some stages tunes soon, too, Carson. I'm I Allison. Hope so. <laughs> me, me, too. I'm Allison H. Larson. You've been listening to Spotlight. Stay tuned in upcoming weeks for more people who have transformed their lives and are now working to transform the lives of others. Until next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. 
Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.